0: Carlin, ESPN radio, ESPN app, series XM channel eighty. Nick Ferdell, Randy Scott in for the guys on and Carlin. Let's get out to the phones, and it's Todd Blackledge joining us. He's our ESPN college football analyst. You can follow him on Twitter, at Todd underscore Blackledge. And uh, Penn State quarterback in his own playing days. Obviously, the NFL bona fides are there. He's on the ABC call, though, with Sean McDonough for Oregon at Georgia tomorrow, 3.30 Eastern at Atlanta. And that's where we want to start, Todd, because we'll get to the college football playoff discussion and that expansion. But the game that you've got is, to me, the centerpiece of, of the weekend because we're going to learn a lot about Oregon and we're going to learn a lot about a potential championship hangover for Georgia. You've been around both teams. What stood out to you so far this week, Todd?
1: Yeah,
2: I think I think you're right. I think the game has a lot of intrigue to it. Um, you know, I don't think there'll be any kind of a hangover with Georgia. Let me start with that. Uh, there's there's more questions about because of how many guys they lost defensively that played so much. Uh, significant snaps for them on defense, uh, but they've recruited so well. They've got talented guys that are just going to step up into bigger roles. Offensively, they bring a lot of people back, including their, you know, their folk hero quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who, you know, went from third string at the beginning of last season to, uh, you know, a hero for leading them to a national championship. So, uh, you know, he's pretty well entrenched now. I think their offense is going to be uh, good and better than they were a year ago. Uh, so I don't expect complacency, but there are questions about their defense. And with Oregon, questions everywhere. You know, new staff, Dan Lanning, the new head coach, was at Georgia last year, new offense and defensive quarter coordinators, uh, potentially new quarterback. Uh, with Bo tra- uh, Bo Nix transferring in for Auburn, uh, Dan Lanning has not announced who's going to be the starting quarterback yet. But uh, you know, a lot of speculation that because of Bo's experience, he might be the guy. But uh, a lot of question marks for that team. But they're talented as well.
1: Todd, as far as today's news goes, when you first heard that college football was going to a 12-team playoff, what were your initial thoughts?
2: You know, it, it makes sense. It's the right thing to do. I mean, expansion is the right thing to do. Uh, I, I think it's kind of interesting that this is basically the same model that was tossed around earlier, uh, but then got you know put on the back burner because there was a lot of ruffled feathers and questions about the realignment and some of the moves that were happening. But I, it makes sense, right? There's a lot of money out there available for everybody. Uh, expansion means more opportunity and more access for other teams. And, you know, you can say what you want about last year and, and, you know, Cincinnati being in the college football playoff last year and Michigan as well, that was good for the sport. It was good for college football. And I think the more access and availability there is, uh, the better it's going to be
0: for everybody. Todd, I want to read you the potential format using this proposed idea. It was Heather Dinich who said it's going to be the six conference champions, the six highest ranked conference champions, and then the next six highest ranked teams. So the format and the field for last year using that, you know, uh, criteria is Bama, Michigan, Cincinnati, and then Baylor, Pittsburgh, Utah as your conference champs. Utah would have been a, mm-hmm. a, an absolute bear. Uh, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Oak State, and Michigan State, rounding out the field. Uh, who's who has a problem with the quality of football we're going to see in that field? I, I don't see a problem with that yeah. at all.
2: No, I don't either. You know, people say, well, if you if you add that many teams, you're going to have more blowouts or tough matchups. But you know what? The reality is, unfortunately, a lot of our semifinal games over the last several years have not been close games. You know, we've had really good finals but we've not had great and highly contested and closed down-to-the-wire semifinal games. So, I, you know, I don't think you can make that argument. I think there's quality football. Uh, and, again, when those teams all know that they have a shot, not only does it make the playoff better, uh, but it makes the regular season better. You come into the month of November and there's that many more spots available, and those games take on huge meaning all over the country.
1: Todd, to that point from a broader standpoint for college football, is this just the rich getting richer with this playoff, or do you actually think this is going to be good for some of these smaller schools that have a great season?
2: I, th- I think both. You know, I mean, I think it will be good for teams that have had trouble having access or, or maybe an invite to that big party. And, I, and so I think it'll be good for college football in that regard. But look, the SEC has done just fine you know, with only four teams in the playoff. I mean, they've had a couple years where two SEC teams, just like last year, played for the championship game. There's been rarely a year that an SEC team hasn't been in it, and they've had two teams in several times. So, you know, adding more access for the SEC is just going to mean more opportunities for SEC teams to make the playoff, uh, you know, going forward. But I do think the access for uh, for some other teams and some other leagues is going to be really good
0: we're talking with todd blackledge our espn college football analyst who's going to be on the call of that georgia and uh, oregon game at three thirty eastern tomorrow but i want to talk to you about what we saw last night from penn state you're a nittany lion legend man and you got to see them get real interesting against purdue but that's a that's a tough win against a team that's going to be a tough out i think this season in the big 10 what's the out to you about what Co- uh, coach franklin put together there with with sean clifford and company
2: well, I tell you it was I knew it was gonna be a tough game. I, I knew it was not gonna be easy going in there. Purdue had a veteran quarterback coming back, a very talented guy. Uh, you know, I think Jeff Brom is an outstanding coach. And so, uh, I knew that was not going to be easy. And, uh, I was, I was very impressed, very proud of, of the fight and, uh, you know, the battle that Penn state, uh, you know, put up in that game and just fought to the very end and, and, uh, you know, held them off. And, and, you know, when you got a guy like Sean Clifford who is an experienced, you know, nothing he sees is going to fool him, right. He's seen every coverage, every disguise. Uh, he's a competitor, he's a winner. And, uh, you know, I was happy for him, and, and certainly happy for Penn State. But I did not expect that to be an easy game. And you know, really, you, you look at the opening. We have a huge weekend coming up, yeah. and last night to to watch the end of the West Virginia pit game and the backyard brawl, and then flip over and see the end of the Penn State Purdue game. Not a better way to start the first real week or opening weekend of college football.
0: All due respect to week zero. You're right. It's kicking off It's kicking off for real tonight. It really feels different. It feels significant. And it's the most wonderful time of the year. All due respect to the holidays. Thanks, Todd. Here's to a great game. And here's to being in that AC there in that dome in Atlanta for Georgia and Oregon <laughs> <laughs> at 3.30 Eastern Thank tomorrow. Thank you. Yes. All right. Again, you can hear Todd on that call. It's on ABC with Sean McDonough. Oregon and the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, 3.30 Eastern time. Could this be the last we see of a legend tonight? Unless Serena can keep this run going there in Flushing Meadows at the U.S. Open. Nick Friedle, Randy Scott in for the guys. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. i've heard this in a while this is good i wish we were on camera so we could shout out javante wearing the michigan gear
1: hell yeah javante i feel like we're driving in my car in high school like mm-hmm. let's go to football practice and uh you know go to steak and shake after get oh. some burgers
0: cheese fries cheese on the side what <laughs> what did what did what did nick fredell drive in high school
1: a 97 97- Ford Explorer that was very oh. used that oh. my parents were nice enough to give me, but they were very concerned. Oh, oh we that, can't. that time would not, uh, I would not—I might not be the safest driver on the road. So it was—it was, <laughs> uh, was cost-effective for them.
0: I want so a having a ninety, having a Ford Explorer, having a ninety-seven Ford Explorer, you know, can't hide money. But mine, uh, hold on a sec. Wait a, a minute—that
1: it was—it was, it was seven years old. Oh, it, it was oh, used. Oh no.
0: Was it? Was it seven years? Seven whole years, dude. I drove in. I had. I had. I had, uh, I had a. Do- I had a Dodge Colt. It was a two door hatchback. I had a Dodge Colt that we called the clown car because my friends and I were getting out of it. it was like folding out of a vehicle. It was. It was a two door hatchback, eighty eight or eighty six. We had documentation that said both years, so oh, but no wow. one really knew how old it was. But I was driving that thing in 98, so it was at least 10 years old. And it was great in the snow, man. It was, it was, it was just like so light that it floated on top of the snow. Uh, it's Nick Friedle, Randy Scott, Canton, Carl, and ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. But what I used to drive around listening to was hip. It was called Hip Hop Hits. And oh, it was a CD. Hell yeah. Do you remember that? Hell yeah. I remember it had Hypnotize on it. I'm trying to remember.
1: That's some Tupac on it. it.
0: Yeah, it had, uh, oh, did it have Rap star? I'm gonna, i gotta figure this out we're gonna find it and javante and i will collaborate and we might read you on with some music that's appropriate for it a reminder that tonight 7 p.m on espn 7 p.m eastern in a match that has been moved from espn 2 to espn so again espn, ESPN pro- proper <laughs> ESPN proper not this podunk station called espn <laughs> radio not this outpost. Just national radio all these wires this isn't proper. All these wires in the studio, they're not connected to nothing. They're no, just uh-uh. – we're just talking to we're ourselves just talking here. We're talking to the studio. It's Serena Williams against Isla Tomjanovic, U.S. Open, third round. And you look at this as maybe even a fringe, casual tennis fan, and you're like, why Why isn't Serena the one who's you know, worldwide ranking is is on my, my screen? Tomjanovic is a top 15 player. Serena is unranked. Serena is 40 years old. To be doing this in what is increasingly a young woman's sport – is remarkable. It's her final tournament. She is the greatest of all time. None of that is disputable, and it's her third-round match on a Friday night in Queens. This atmosphere, Nick's going to be electric.
1: Randy, what's been awesome for me in the last few days is Serena has started this run. I'm living in New York City. I don't know anybody in the city, so I have just been going to random bars and getting a burger or getting a beer, trying to get out of my apartment for a little bit. And as I have gone to these bars, and this happened... On Monday night, during that first round match, and it definitely happened when she was playing the second-ranked player in the world on Wednesday, I've never seen this before. You go into all these bars, and TV after TV has the Serena match on. And people who are sitting at these restaurants, or they're drinking their beer, they're looking up, they're going, let's go Serena, come on! And then you're watching, and there's Spike Lee, and oh man, there's Tiger! Like It feels like an event. And that's the part that I don't think I expected, even after we heard that this would be her final tournament and she was moving on to different things, how much of an impact on the day-to-day casual fans and people that wouldn't be watching tennis otherwise that she has had. So that part for me has been very cool to see.
0: It's been, it's been single-name fame. Is what we called yep. it earlier in the week because it was Spike, it was Tiger, and they were there to see Serena. And who knows who's going to be there tonight? It could be Jay, it could be Beyonce. Would you be surprised? Like I would be surprised. Like that is, that is the level of stardom, the level of crossover, the level of worldwide appeal that is being commanded by the, by the you know swan song of the greatest of, of all time. A reminder here: Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance, a triple threat of protection with home, auto, and more. Visit Progressive com I don't know how plugged in you are listen Ayla Taionnovichch is the world's 15th ranked player I mean she's no slouch at all and this is a woman in Serena Williams who had to play a doubles match last night and I'll, I'll you know, I'll raise my raise my racket here and I'll, I'll say that I didn't mind seeing her lose here's why here here's why if they weren't gonna if she and Venus were not gonna win if they weren't gonna win the doubles title save your legs Save, right. save your legs. Get out. Get out. Like We all want to see the singles run continue. We don't want the singles run to be mortgaged however, even in the slightest, by this pursuit of a doubles title. It was tremendous to see Serena and Venus out there together. They lose in the opening round of a doubles tournament at a Grand Slam major for the first time since the 90s, I believe. And it was actually the first time since Arthur Ashe Stadium has been in existence, Nick, where, opening round, where an opening round doubles match was the highlight of the night slate. Like, that's... That's what Serena is doing and in, in what she's, uh, in, in, in what she's uh, commanding in terms of attention. Do you think she gets it done tonight and keeps it going?
1: I wouldn't bet against her at this point, Randy. I mean, she has been so good, and she's clearly feeding off the emotion. And Chrissy Everett has mentioned this several times now on the, the different telecasts the last few days. But she's doing it as a mom. And that is spectacular in and of itself. I mean, the cutaway shots to her, her daughter and the reception that she's gotten, that has all been fantastic to see. But but to know what she's gone through and what her body has gone through the last few years and then to still be able to raise the level of her own game, when she dropped that, well, I'm Serena. <laughs> in the post-match interview the other night with Mary Joe Fernandez, I went, Okay, she knows what's on the line right now as far as keeping all the emotions going, and she's enjoying the moment that she's got. And that part not only has been awesome to watch, but it just shows you just how good she can still be like all the greats. They can always turn it back and get a little more when they need to.
0: I was at a fantasy football draft. Hold for applause. Uh, But I was at the only in-person fantasy football draft that I'll – that I'll I'll have this year and uh the match was on the match with um with the world number 2 so her second round match serena's it was on couldn't hear it so I couldn't hear what the crowd was doing but all the cutaways were standing ovations uh you know left right and center but what I did see and I think it probably had a greater resonance and a greater impact just seeing it and not hearing it I could see serena and it was the 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 meme I guess over the next couple of days with you know her single arm you know fist pump and clenched fist, hold it out in celebration. Tiger Woods doing it in the box. And then cutting back to Serena and the way that she looked, the stoicism, the resolute determination she had, the sheer force of will that she was imposing in that match. This is the world's number two ranked player favored in this match. She should beat a 40-year-old woman up, down, left, bring back Martina Lavratilova at 40. This This world number two should beat her and Serena was watching and in some ways making this younger more talent well more spry more you know better physical shape whatever making this better tennis player supposedly wilt absolutely wilt and that's what Serena can still do at this age she can intimidate she can use the crowd she can inspire the crowd i should say and she can impose her will in these matches and it's been amazing to see how far it's taken her so far
1: randy that was the cool part about seeing tiger in the stands the other night because tiger did that a few years back at the masters it was like it was like the the clock went back and everybody went oh it's it's really him and when you watched the mental advantage that Serena had down the stretch in that match, and you saw that that her opponent is just looking around, going, "Uh-oh, this is probably this is probably it." And at the end, she wanted no more of that match. It was done. Serena has the ability to make the other person across from her wilt, and she's had it a long, long time with her play, but that persona and that ability that she has to to get something more out of of just what she shows on a, on a regular basis that is what always sets any athlete apart uh, when you start talking about the greats of the game and Serena is the best who has ever done it in her sport but to see Tiger in that moment given the fist pump that we've seen yeah. so many times it just goes to show you just how powerful it was to be in there and to see what was happening.
0: This is a great note from our producer Cam Pratt. Just to put into context this run, when Serena won her first U.S. Open match, Greg Popovich was 106th on the all-time wins list in the NBA. LeBron James had not made his high school debut yet. Tim Duncan was the reigning NBA Rookie of the Year. And Tom Brady had not thrown his first touchdown pass at Michigan. Wow. That's how long Serena has been rolling. That's how long she has captivated and dominated uh, the women's tennis world. We're going to discuss the retired athlete that we would like to see play one more time as Serena's career winds down and as a baseball <laughs> as a baseball legend uh put this idea into our minds with his own video calling out a future baseball Hall of Famer. Nick Fordell Randy Scottin for the guys. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio in the ESPN app.
3: Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. It's
0: KT Carlin, ESPN radio. Wanted? Oh, ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80. ESPN radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet the program. He's Nick Ferdell. I'm Randy Scott. He's our ESPN basketball reporter. He's been with the Nets. He's been with the Warriors. I remember him with the Bulls days. I'm just Randy Scott. I talk to him through SportsCenter sometimes. He's at Nick Friedle on Twitter. I'm at Randy Scott ESPN, the program at ESPN Radio. The number, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. 7 p.m. Eastern tonight on ESPN. A reminder, Serena Williams, her U.S. Open run continues, looking to take down Ila Tomjanovic, who is the world's 15th-ranked player. Uh, this is a third-round match, again, from Flushing, in New York at the U.S. Open, where the crowd is just 100% on her side. I feel so, in a way, I do kind of feel bad, right? Like, you're the 15th ranked player in the world and you're playing an, an
1: away game.
0: You're playing an away game against Serena.
1: I and was going to say, not just an away game, but uh, an away game that that is is can be very hostile in the sense that there's like five people in there that probably want you to actually win. <laughs>
0: and they're all, yeah, they're all like on your coaching staff. They're like all your in the family. box. You know, but the New Yorkers, it is a tennis crowd, so it's not going to get too, it's not going to get too, like, you know, we're not throwing batteries out there, but, right. but, like, there's some noise and some whistles and things like that. And uh, last night, the uh, the Czech doubles team that beat Venus and Serena apologized with their post game on court press conferences and we're sorry to do this to you, but we're very happy we won. And it was sincere. It wasn't trolling or condescending. It wasn't cCC Pass or Medvedev. It was. It was legit. It was actually, you know, like, hey, we're sorry that we had to do this, but we did. And and now, like I said, I'm I'm glad Serena can focus on on her her singles run. Uh, it got us thinking, though, as she's 40, Serena is, and she said, Nick, that she's evolving beyond tennis. So this is her her final uh, her final tournament of, of her amazing career. What gotta say? Which retired athlete do you want to see play one more game or one more season or if you want to stick to tennis, one more tournament, whatever, one more Fortnite, whatever you want to say. One retired athlete, and you get to see him back. Who are you going with?
1: MJ. It's very, very easy for me. (laughs) And, Randy, I was lucky enough to see Michael play in person a few times as a little kid. Uh, Growing up in Orlando, I saw those Shaq and Penny Magic teams, and, and they played the Bulls a couple times in those series. But to see Michael Jordan play in person was one of the very coolest things I've ever seen, and as a lifelong sports fan, as somebody who loves going to games and reading and listening to everything that's going on to see Michael Jordan play, I would love to just watch a few more games and have that experience. What about you?
0: Yeah, Jordan is Jordan's the right answer. I'll be honest. (laughs) Anybody else? (laughs) Anybody else I throw out is probably going to be you know playing for second place here. But I, I'm gonna you know, I got to see Jordan once. Um, I got to see him in in. The spring, it was before, it was, it was the same season as the Bulls and Bullets playoff series, that five-game series, or rather, it was the best of five. The Bulls swept it, but they got all they could handle from the Bullets. I mean, it was that series that motivated or perhaps inspired uh, MJ to buy a, an ownership stake of the what proved to be the Wizards because he thought this team had, you know, it was Juwan Howard and Chris Weber and Rod Strickland and George Marison and Mitch Richmond. Like, they had the pieces in place. Um, and I, so I, I got to see Jordan, too, and, and man, it, it's one of those rare things just in life, not not just sports, but in life, where you can build it up all you want, but then when you actually get to see it, it lives up to or exceeds the expectations. And there are so few things in life or in sports that live up to what you build them up to be. And uh, Michael Jordan was that. And so my answer is going to be the guy who was uh, one of – you remember that Superstars cartoon, Saturday mornings? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was Gretzky. It was Jordan. It was – who else? Uh, Gretzky, Jordan, uh, and, I, and then my answer, and there's one other I'm blanking, but Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson's my answer because to see Bo for one more game would be to give him health. Uh, give Which him the, sport? Uh, oh, football. Football for me. Football for me. So I'm a Raiders fan, and he was the L.A. Raiders back then, and that's when I started liking the Raiders and, and really did it to get a rise out of my dad who's a Chargers fan. And then I could play – with Bo in Tech Bowl Bowl. He was the first video oh, yeah. game guy I could play oh, man. with and that was it man. I was hooked. But he was the video game guy come to life. Like the the cheat code so to speak. Like he was probably the first cheat code uh you know on the actual football field and the guy that you could play with um to where like you could play in this video game and your friends would be like I'm not playing if you're going to play with Bo. Or they'd throw the controller across the room, you know? Well, it couldn't go so far cuz it was tethered. <laughs> it was tethered to the Nintendo, but you know what I mean. Like, so to, to say, Bo is my answer would be to give him health because when that hip injury happened in '91, it was basically the Tua Tungavailoa hip injury, and they didn't have the medical wherewithal at the time to to heal it the way that the Dolphins, you know, hope that Tua is healed. And he was just never the same. But he was a phenomenon, man. Like he had the the the, the marketing, the ads, all of it. I mean, he was on Jordan's level with that
1: stuff, and he was an unbelievable player. And Randy, yeah. sadly, for Bo, that's what I think people have forgotten through time, was just how dominant he was in both sports when he was healthy. But uh, hearing that and hearing you talk about Bo Jackson and, and Tecmo Bowl, I am reminded of somebody that I would love to watch one more time being healthy, and that's King Griffey Jr., Seattle, Seattle yeah. Griffey Jr. Because the injuries piled up in Cincinnati, he was never quite the same, although yeah. Jr. kept playing, but... When he was with the Mariners and Ken Griffey Jr. was rolling, oh, my gosh, it was just you knew you were watching something special every time.
0: He was so young. He broke in so young. I mean, he played with his dad. You know, his rookie year, he was on the same team as his, as his father. You're right, man. He was so electric in a sport that needed it at the time. Yeah. You know, like when he broke, it was a 91, that rookie, the famous rookie card. You know, who were we celebrating? Were are we celebrating Chris Sabo, you know, the, in the Reds when they won the – <laughs>
1: right, like the Those red Rick specs out.
0: You know, the worst of first Braves. Like that was that that was the time that needed some flair, needed some young talent, and man, he had it in in absolute buckets. It was, it was so cool to see. Uh, for Bo, though, just real quick, like the gen- your your point is dead on. There's a generation of people who look him up online. They look at the stats and they're like, he only had X number of yards. He only had blah blah blah. He was five yards a pop, and yeah. he was he was four three speed at a linebacker's body. He was must see TV. He was the reason that I got to stay up late on the East Coast to watch those games when it was Monday Night Football. It was just, yeah, man, it was amazing. Um, hey, listen, a reminder to tune in to an NL West battle tomorrow night as the Dodgers host the Padres. Presented by Progressive Insurance, coverage begins at 8:30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We want your calls on this, okay? Inspired by Serena Williams playing in this U.S. Open third round match tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. What is the one retired athlete, because Serena's about to be retired, the one retired athlete you want to see play one more game? One more game, one more season, one more tournament, whatever it is. Who is it? Call in with your answer. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Nick says Michael Jordan. I say Bo Jackson. We'll see uh, if you're wrong with your answer. We're going to take your calls. All right? (laughs) Call in Nick Ferdell, Randy Scott. for the guys, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. It's tough to lose the the radio voice battle so constantly, thoroughly with Nick friedel Because I'm Randy Scott, neither one of us Canty nor Carlin, but Nick has the best pipes. Um... Uh, in, in in the company, uh, I was saying that. So Nick, you are you are not yet married, not yet uh, a father, correct? Uh,
1: that is correct, my okay. friend.
0: Okay, all right. Now I say that because you don't have the have the concern that I have about getting the email that I got and the chill down my back from my son's music teacher. I have a nine year old son, and he has selected his his instrument for the school upcoming school year, and he's going he's going to play the trumpet
1: and. Uh, what do you think about
0: that dad i i'm excited for him i know that he's happy about it he played the cello last year and kind of regretted it all year but you know what i regretted i regretted being born with with an appreciation for perfect pitch and perfect tone because my, my son didn't have it <laughs> <laughs> son didn't have it i love him to death uh he got good with a couple of we got good with a couple of songs and i heard those songs over a couple and over times over and over over and over um but what is really cool so now i'm going to hear it with the trumpet and i'm going to teach him how to play the edwin diaz entrance song right narco yeah timmy gonna, trumpet burr, burr, burr. i don't I can't, I can't do it off the top of my head but i'm going to teach we're going that's going to be maybe maybe not first day stuff maybe that's second week but it is cool nick when you see something when you see like a little bit of uh i don't want to say ego but like pride like when they when they realize that they've sort of figured something out and they're good at it like the sort of swell that they get that is so pure it's not you know, they're not old enough to have really like any, you know, uh, I don't know, what sneaky thoughts or sneaky motivations or, or anything like that. They're not full of themselves yet. They're just like, I'm good at something. Like, seeing that appreciation is pretty cool. But, man, do you pay the toll as a parent, dude, because you hear that.
1: Would you say you played in the fourth grade? The recorder. Oh, God. Everybody in the fourth grade at my school <laughs> in Orlando had to play the recorder. And if my mom is out there listening right now, Randy, she is – empathizing with what you are gonna go through (laughs) (laughs) because she still tells me man that recorder was something uh that wasn't your best instrument (laughs) so no, the uh, I can tell you at age nine or ten, uh, <laughs> even at age about to be thirty-nine, those stories <laughs> of those musical instruments—they don't really go away in the the annals of family history.
0: Mama Fredell, just you know, living <laughs> living angel among us—that's so great. And it, you're right, a bit like I played the recorder. I don't know, probably about the same age, right? And it was hot cross buns. It was hot oh, cross yeah. buns over and over again. I'm sure my parents, I'm sure my poor mom must have been just absolutely beside herself, beside herself. All right, we're going to talk down, talk about an NBA trade when we come back. It's Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN app. Sirius XM channel 80. He's Nick Fredell. I'm Randy Scott. You can tweet the program at ESPN Radio. Phone number 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776.
1: Get around.
0: There it is. 7 p.m. Eastern tonight on ESPN proper on the television, also on the ESPN app. Serena Williams against Isla Tomljanovic. U.S. Open third round there from Queens, New York. Crowd's going to be absolutely amped, and they need to do something, Nick Friedel to take the sting uh, out of uh, losing out on Donovan Mitchell because he was there. He was there. The Knicks had a chance to land him, and they didn't. And instead, the news coming in, the Woj bomb being dropped during our show yesterday that Donovan Mitchell is headed now to the land, uh, Cleveland, three unprotected picks to Utah. So that's 2025, 2027, and 2029. Pick swaps in... So there's are first round picks, right, to Utah. They're unprotected. Yeah. Uh, 2026 and 28 pick swaps, along with... Let's see who
1: else. It's Lowry Markkinen, Lowry Markkinen, Sexton, uh, Sexton who signed and, a four-year deal,
0: and Ochai Obagi. Yeah, so Sexton's locked into that four-year deal. So that's the full. That is the full trade. Um And that news again from Woj coming in yesterday, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Andre Snelling's gonna join us at the top of the hour uh here on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, and we'll sort of get the blast radius ab- around the NBA from that one. But I mean, this is a circle, Nick, that that you're in, and I know you're you're on that net speed in New York, but you are in New York, and. I don't know, man. You see a lot of catatonic Knicks fans walking around today because we've certainly heard from the likes of Stephen A. and and Alan Hahn and other Knicks fans who are just you know beside themselves.
1: It makes sense why people are frustrated, Randy. But I gotta be honest with you. When I saw well has been given up for Donovan Mitchell, who is a damn good player. But when I saw that, I went. Are the, are the Knicks really the big losers here? I, where the hell were the Knicks going if they got Donovan Mitchell? Giving up all they would have had to give up to get him. Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett, where the hell are they going? They're going nowhere far. So <laughs> all the Knicks fans and Stephen A., everybody needs to just take a deep breath because they've got a nice young group of players in place. And for as good as Donovan Mitchell can still be, to me, Randy, he is not the number one star on a title team. I'm still not even sure if he's the number two star on a title team because he's he's never gotten Utah out of anywhere uh, in the postseason. So, uh, I I think this is going to end up being a blessing in disguise for the Knicks, but. In the short term, yeah, it hurts because everybody thought he was going to be there and everybody thought that Leon Rose and that front office would find a way. In the end, the price was too too steep for them, and I'd push it back to you this way. Even with Cleveland, they've got a great young core now in place. Everybody is signed. They can grow together. Mm -hmm. I still don't see them beating Boston if they're healthy. I still don't see them beating Milwaukee, and who the hell knows what's going to happen with the Nets and if they can stay on track. But those are three teams right there, plus Miami and Philly. As good as Cleveland appears on paper, I don't view them as that much more of a threat today than I did yesterday.
0: It is an absolutely stacked Eastern Conference. and Again, we're going to talk about that coming up at 5 o'clock Eastern with Andre Snellings. Let's get back, though, to this, uh, to this Serena Williams-inspired conversation in talking about the one retired athlete that you would love to see play one more game. And it could be one more game, one more tournament, one more, what did we, did we say season? I mean, it's just one like more one more season. Like you get to see this from a retired athlete. We're taking your calls, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's get to Bruce in Boca Raton, Florida. Bruce, you're on ESPN Radio.
2: Yeah, well, I respect your comment about Bo Jackson, but if you really want to see some excitement, how about watching another game by Barry Sanders, the Detroit Lions? Yeah, man.
0: And that's a guy who had so much tread left on the tires too. When he walked away, he was so frustrated with that organization. That's right. I mean, that's another. Was that a Heisman? Barry win a Heisman Trophy? I have him as a Heisman Trophy winner in my head. That's right. I like asking questions on the air. man.
1: Oklahoma State. I don't yeah. remember though for sure.
0: But he was. But you remember? I mean, listen. Like you grew up in the Chicagoland area, right? No, you grew up in Orlando. Orlando. I'm sorry, Orlando. But you like we all saw the Barry Sanders highlights. You see them. They, they still circulate online.
1: They're on, they're on Twitter all the time. Randy, you were talking about being able to see MJ play against then the Bullets. I was lucky enough with my dad to see Barry Sanders play in Tampa when I was growing up. And you're watching him, and you're watching uh, somebody who is incredible, but I still have this vivid image of my dad kind of leaning over to me and say, you see that guy? He's the best. (laughs) (laughs) And that having that moment and seeing Barry be able to run and play the way he did uh, it sticks with me still
0: let's get to stewart in alabama stewart you're on espn radio
2: yes uh i would love to see a healthy bo jackson i was a undergrad when he was he started and i went to grad school to watch him uh finish up he was so fluid the speed the power just left everybody in the dust
0: Yep, that's the right answer we appreciate you stewart that is the absolute correct answer chris in alabama you're on espn radio
2: uh, Greg Maddox, all day, the master of the art of pitching uh-huh. and to get people out without throwing 100 miles an hour. Yep, The way he could throw that back up to Seamer and the changeup, just artistry in motion.
0: I want to see Maddox against Tony Gwynn, four at-bats. Just run it oh, back.
1: Oh, man, that would be awesome. Maddox against Tony Gwynn.
0: All right, what about, uh, let's see, Nick in Indiana. You're on ESPN. Nicky in Indiana, you're on ESPN Radio.
2: Okay, so I know it's kind of cheesy, but Peyton Manning and Lucas Oil as a Colt one more time, and um, I know Pulis is not retired yet, <laughs> but I did not see him play in St. Louis when he was there the first time. Yeah, and we're going in a couple of weeks, so hopefully I can see him make some history.
0: Yeah, you might see in a couple of weeks. You might see him pass A-Rod by that point and get to six ninety seven and be fourth on that all time home run list. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Eric in Virginia, really quickly, ten seconds. What's your answer?
1: Kobe Bryant. That's
0: the answer that's all day. The, that's the walk-off. That's the walk-off right there. Eric and Virginia, we appreciate it. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Keep the calls coming as we're going to continue both the NBA conversation, uh, the Donovan Mitchell trade, as well as continue to discuss the one retired athlete, that you want to see play one more game, or one more tournament, or one more season. That I mean, the Kobe Bryant one's going to be tough to top. It's Nick friedel Randy Scott in for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.